This is a show about financial planning with a particular focus on the issues facing those close to or living in retirement. Each week, our host, Dan Wendell, will share his expertise in retirement planning in a fun and down-to-earth format. Now, let's begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show. I'm Dan Wendell, the owner of Dolphin Financial Group, and today we're talking about living with children, or as an adult, adult children here, or an aging parent, and some of the financial considerations that have to deal with this scenario. I'm going to reference a study that just came out in March of 2022 called Financial Issues Top the List of Reasons U.S. Adults Live in Multi-Generational Homes. This is the Pew Research Center. I'm going to talk about it, give you some stats from it, but I'm also going to bring on someone that's dealing with this right now in his life. That is Tony Shore. Usually I pick on you and say, oh, here we go. He's going to add some fun to the conversation, but you actually are dealing with this and we're going to get into that in a moment. Yeah. But I'm going to put the link up here for the viewers on YouTube. You can go and read this. Um, The Pew Research has some interesting data about who's living with their mom or their dad, or, you know, this could be children you know, young children or, you know, I'm saying children, 18 or older adult children, or it could be someone in their forties and fifties living with their aging parent. So um, I want to go through some of these stats with you, Tony, and then I want to talk about your scenario and talk about some of the, well, I'll give a tip on what people should do if they find themselves in this situation. And before we get into your scenario, Tony, I want to, and I'm, I'm going to ask you how you're doing, but I'm not going to ask you that yet because it ties into this. Sure. I have a feeling, well, I'll ask you now, how are you doing? Are you tired? Uh, yes, I have been tired, but I'm doing better this week. I've had a couple of crazy busy weeks, but this week I'm doing good, better. And crazy busy as in not work related because, you know, that we all have stuff to do at work, but you're dealing with yeah. some family issues and yes. to and fro and. Yep. Been doing a lot of driving and a lot of dealing with uh, family issues. Yes. As far right. as that's concerned. We'll get to it. I want to go through some stats with you. Sure. Ready? So this is from the Pew Research study. It says nearly four in 10 men ages 25 to 29 now live with older relatives. How old your oldest son? Wow. Wow. That's, I, that's that surprises me. Um, uh, my son is 23, but he's okay. married and living in an apartment. They're living on their own, uh, but financially he's going to grad school. As she has a job, but they're they're needing supplement as well financially to get going. Yeah. Now, let's fast forward two years. Will he fall in this category of 40% ages 25 to 29 living with older relatives? Do you think he might? Well, the, the path and the plan he's on, he will not because right. he's going he's to married. become a PA. Right. He's married. He's going to come become a PA. I mean, he would have to fail out of PA school and 
have his wife leave him for that to happen. And those are two tragedies that I'm not willing to even entertain at this point, Dan, let's not go there. I mean, there's always, you know, things happen in life. So there's always a possibility, but I, he's not the type he can, he's a goer. He'll make it on his own. I we're fortunate with him. That is not a possibility with him. Now, Pew Research did a does a census as well, and they talk about multi generational families. I don't know where I read it; it wasn't in this study, but they were talking about multi generational families. And it used to be um, the the big. When do you think the time in our U.S. history since they started collecting data that multi generational families was at its highest? At a at its peak? Yeah. When would you think it peaked? I would say really early on before everybody started having their own careers, when there was more people living in rural areas. So yeah. And but we didn't, have I, that I, would, I would say, yeah, I would say it would have been way back like thirties or forties. Well, 19, four, early late 1930s, early 1940 ish was the depression, you yep. know, right before world yep. war two. That and that's exactly when I said, yep. And that's yep. depression. So, yep. yeah. Um, what I was reading and I, I wish I had the, the actual chart cause it was an interesting one. It showed the peak in 1940 and then it tanked down and then it started going back up, back up, back up. And it reached almost its peak that it reached in 1940 ish last year in 20 during COVID. Yeah, it was a spike, yeah. and then now we've surpassed it. So we today, twenty twenty two, its peers are at the peak of multi generation families. Really, now, even more so than the forties and thirties. Very, very. It's at the. It's at a level with the, the wow. Great Depression, Tony. Wow, that's and huge. So the stat that the Pew Research and this this one here uh, article. Um, survey suggests four in 10 adults in these multi-generational households cite financial issues as the major reason. Well, sure. Most what 29 year old would be living with his parents with their parents, unless they had to, well, (laughs) obviously finances. I mean, I think one, there's a lot of reasons, inflation, the cost mortgage rates, costs have gone up skyrocketed. Um, Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of reasons I bet that play into this. Right. Um, it It's interesting to think about, like, yeah. because one of the, you know, the Mike Tyson, again, everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face. Mike Tyson, <laughs> one of the top three punches to retirement would be a needy family member. That was the, the one that we, and we talked about yep. this in previous shows. I'll, I'll put it up here. Um, how do you deal with a needy family member? But, you know, when you got something like COVID, they call it the boomerang kids, right? Yep. Um, you send them out and they come back. Why are they coming back? Well, COVID was a big reason for a lot of people coming back because they lost sure. their job, right? Or, you know, they were laid off and they didn't have the money to pay for rent. So they went back with mom or dad. Or so, they got they spent four years in college. What I think happens a lot, Dan, is college happens. And and it's gotten so like you graduate high school, you pretty much have to go to college. It's just what's done. And all the businesses want a college degree. So parents want their kids to go to college. And the parents and the kids and or the kids themselves, the young adults, 
go to college and go into debt, but they go to a four year, you know, bachelor art, you know, a liberal arts college and get a, you know, a bachelor's degree in, you know, finger painting or something. And then when they get out, you know, even if they get a what sounds like, you know, history, you know, I majored in history. Well, how many jobs are there out there for a history major? And mm-hmm. so their their dreams are a little crushed. They thought they'd be able to go into the career they studied in college. They can't find a job in it. So they move back home while they figure life out. Right. Yeah. And and financial concerns are I can't find a job or the job I'm finding is not pay me enough to service my student loan debt, let alone yes. sky high, yeah. sky high rents. Right. So it makes financial sense. The others, well, let's get to that. You know, what, what could it be? Um, half of the adults over age 40 that are living with their parent. Okay. So now this is a little different than the college student. Yeah. This is different than the 20 somethings who are living but with parents. Multi-generational families. Okay. If it, it could be any age. So half of the adults age 40 and older say they're caring for an adult family member or they're receiving care. Okay. So, right. So the, uh, over half, but only 19% of those in the younger group say that they're caring for or receiving care. So let's sure. So if you're 28 and you're living in with your parents, odds are you're not caring for them for health, health reasons. Right. Right. It's probably going to be financial. Yep. Um, but you're getting older now. You're in your 40s. Theoretically, you should be on your own two feet, maybe have your own family. But now there's a reason for caregiving. Now, what is interesting is what do we mean by that? Is the 40-year-old taking care of their aging parent? Or is the 40-year-old going to work and the aging parent is taking care of the 40-year-old's child? Yes, that's happening a lot. That's happening a lot, too. Yep. And that's a huge advantage of living like that. And I think other cultures in America that hasn't been as prevalent as as certain cultures that is prevalent anyway, in certain European countries and especially in Latino countries in like uh, Mexico Mm -hmm. um, and Guatemala. I mean, we adopted from Guatemala. We love Guatemala. We visited there. We have friends that live there. And I think the people there are fantastic, but they family comes first and they all live together. Usually the, uh, the, what is it called? I, the Spanish word abuela or the grandmother always lives with the kids or some of the kids and then takes care of the children while the parents are working. And uh, sometimes even cousins, aunts, uncles, I mean, yeah. they really, and that's, they don't do it. I mean, Obviously, money isn't as flowing as it is in America, and some of them do it. It's a financial benefit, but it's also just because of the way they've always done it. So it can be cultural, too. But but uh, I think there are a lot of advantages to it. But financially, it can become a problem. It can be. But um, they do talk about the different cultural norms when it comes to living. But you're right. In the United States, wasn't a big you know, in the 1900s and into the 2000s there, that's not a, you don't see it, but now we're seeing even more since the great depression. And that's probably because of financial constraints because it could be really beneficial financially to 
have multiple people sharing the financial yes. burdens. Of course. Now, does this mean it's fun? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Wait, wait, living with my mother-in-law would not be fun? My are you, impl- are you podcast, implying so. that? Well, mine now, doesn't, so I can make and- joke about it all I want. You can, and you're dealing with this. I think your mother-in-law or your father-in-law used to live in Washington state, right? So they were pretty far away from you. My in-laws live in Massachusetts, which is far from me. But my Um, mother-in-law lives very close. She lived three blocks from us. So, And now she just lives two minutes away. So... I would say um, if you, and they surveyed the people, 56% of adults in these households that have an adult family member other than their spouse or, you know, their, their living partner, mm-hmm. they said that it's been at least somewhat positive. Sure. So 56% people percent say it's somewhat positive. Um, you know, the, the cynic in me says, well, there's the 40, where's the 44%? They, they're not happy. Yeah. <laughs> right? but, Those people are not happy right but now. But that's there. because it's stressful sometimes, especially <laughs> when you're caring for an aging parent. Yeah. I would also argue that for, for clients of mine who are retired that are dealing with ch- grandchildren, it is highly stressful. That, you know, typically wasn't in their retirement plans. Now, some people it was, but you get the wrong person in that scenario where they're caring for a grandchildren that wasn't part of their plan. Right. Right. So parents who are living with an adult child. Okay. So parents who are living with an adult child could be theoretically anyone from 25 up are more likely, you know, 60% are more likely than, than adults who are living with a parent to say that their experience has been somewhat positive. So, um, it's strange. I would think it would be the opposite, but let's think this through. Parents, I, I, that's what I thought immediately. Like I would have thought that would have been the opposite, but now it's now let's look at it. So a parent, so say you living with an adult child, say you're 25 year old, you're going to say that's a little bit more positive than if you were living with your mother. Why? Because, because I have to take you're care taking of, the care of. Yeah. Now you might have a 25 year old, that needs your care disabled or something, but for majority it's financial, right? So yeah, you they'll, hard, just, they'll hardly ever be around because they'll want to be out with their friends and not hanging at 25, probably not hanging with mom and dad as much or staying in their room, doing their own thing. Whereas a parent is going to need constant interaction mm-hmm. and you have to prepare meals for them. And right. Right. But I would also say, you know, um, if you're an 80 year old parent that's living with an adult child, that's probably a positive experience for you. Not always, yes, but you know, so there are some positives here, but not all of it's positive. Um, here's an interesting thought. So is it financial? Most of the time it is, but 25% of adults say caregiving occurs in their household of that 25%. So that means 75% of the time there's not caregiving going on. So it's just a convenient scenario, probably financial. We'll stay with us until you get your own house or, you know, live here while you find a new job. Or a lot of times, hey, you got divorced. Come live with me until you get your, you know, this divorce gets settled and we find some, right? Um, But of the 25% that is actually 
there's caregiving going on. Half of it is a child taking care of their parent and half of it is the parent taking care of the child or grandchild. So it's kind of an even split. And so I've just found it interesting. These stats, I'm going to put the link back up. This is the Pew, um, Pew research center from March, 2024. Um, For those interested, they can read a lot more about it. But what I want to bring up is a retirement concern and then a financial tip to solve it and then talk about our experience. So I'll go first. My main concern with all of this is a needy family member, whether it's a child, adult child, your own child, or someone younger than you, or your aging parent that you're taking care of in you know, mother-in-law or parent, um, that could drag your retirement savings down because it's a matter of time or money, right? So I'll let you get into your situation in a moment, but I'll give you an example of what I was doing. So recently helped a a niece, my wife's niece out. She was in a bad spot and needed someplace to to go. And so she moved in with us and it was going to be temporary. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. She has since gone, left, and she has a new career and she's thriving and she's moving and she's got a pay raise and she is She's truly thriving in every sense of the word, both emotionally and financially. But that, you know, temporary scenario turned into over two years. Wow. And and the the thing that allowed it to get that way was my wife and I agreed to, hey, let's help her. And we set some boundaries and we said, this is the reason. And we said early on, you're either going to pay rent or you're going to go to school to become something different. You're going to learn a new trade and the skill set because the objective is for you to go do this on your own. We're not right. going to enable, right? Right. So we established that and it took her two years to actually get the degree that she needed. And then as soon as she got it, she had a job and she's out the door. She wanted to be out the door just as much as we wanted her out the door. But financially it wasn't a reality because she had to pay for school. She was working. And it, you know, if we added rent on top of that, it would have destroyed her or it would have made it exponentially more difficult. So right. we made the decision where we had the space and we it wasn't a burden. She took care of her own food and just everything really. So it was just kind of like a having a roommate that was absentee because he's either at school or working. So it worked. Or having a renter that wasn't paying rent. Basically. Right. Um, but it worked because we had, we, we were okay with that. So it was yeah. gratifying and it helped her, but it could have gone downhill if she refused to go and get a degree or failed, or she decided, no, I'm just, you know, eh. you know, which could have easily happened. Cause then you're, then now what now you're up right. against a family member. Now that's the scenario we're taking care of a younger person. You're in a situation where you're, Parents are aging and they need help, yes. um, but you're not living with them. And the question is, why not? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, my mom and dad uh, are on the farm where I grew up and it's the farm where my dad grew up and it's the farm where his dad grew up. And so there's two houses right across the lane. So my grandfather's house, uh, my dad's dad, and then our house where I grew up across the right across the lane off the same road, same farm two houses and um that's the way that went and so my dad obviously doesn't want to leave the farm and my mom had all our animals there but now they're to the point my mom has parkinson's and she kept falling down and my dad just isn't 
good enough anymore to take care of her. So she finally came to the agreement. You know, we had asked her to do this three years ago, Dan. <laughs> so but it was of, of getting her to go to a different place to live. Yeah. We, we said, you need to go into a home three years ago. I said that to her and she's like, no. And dad's like, no, we can do it. But finally she called me, you know, uh, about two months ago and said, I, I need to go into a, a home. I'm ready. And I can't make it around here. And dad's not able to help me. So we got our, uh, but, they didn't have the finances. They didn't, they never, they didn't work with a Dan Wendell. They didn't work with a financial services professional, but fortunately she does have some insurance, but between their social security checks and the insurance that will cover it because Medicare doesn't cover the long-term care um, and the social uh, from, from the County social workers, they do get some, they were helping them a bit out when they're living at home with food, but there's still costs involved uh, for her there, but she has insurance, which was good, which saved her that covers some long to some of the long-term care. Uh, but, you know, Sarah and I have to step up financially and, you know, my dad's like, Oh, you know, uh, my, you know, I found out through the grapevine by doing some digging and talking to my mom that my dad isn't able to, you know, he can't afford on what's left with the social security to pay all his bills and eat. So we're kind of helping them out, but they're not living with us. My mom, we talked about my mom moving in and then uh, earlier Sarah's mom had needed to go into assisted living. And we talked about that too. Sarah's mom's a little different because she's closer and she had plenty of money saved up to handle assisted living and wanted to move into this retirement community because she's still able to get around and there's other people there and groups and she can go to activities and there's a movie theater. So she's at a little different stage. She just has a few memory issues here and there, but my mom has Parkinson's and is, you know, she needs help keeping her pills straight and eating. If If she lived closer, could she have moved in with you? Was that even? It would have. It, it would have been. Well, it would have been a really. Stra- it would have put a real strain on things for Sarah and I, not just financially, but the part of it is they live three and a half hours away, and her moving up here, further away from my dad and her sister, and my mom's sister's still there, and so she didn't want to do that, and it would have put a real strain on it because Sarah and I both work full time, so and my mom needs full time care right now. And so like help going to the bathroom and bathing and eating. And so that would have, we don't have that. Now, if our, my son or my two oldest, even our youngest, Anna, any three of my kids have experience helping elderly people. And two of them are actually CNAs and work for assisted living centers. So if they were still living at home, that would have been something, but my daughter is at college full time. Adam is married and moved away and Anna has school and a job. So we couldn't have given her the attention she needed anyway. And there's a great fully staffed home, not far from about 20 minutes from where they were at. And it's rare to find that up in Minnesota. Most of the assisted living and nursing homes are understaffed. And I wouldn't put my parents there because they're not getting the care they need even in there and they're overpriced. But there happens to be a five star nursing home where there's people that, you know, we have family members that know the workers and they're fully staffed. They have no problem with staffing there. So it's a great place. They literally, Dan, brought 
one of the head nurses brought has a horse and knows my mom is into horses. They loaded her horse into a horse trailer, brought it to the nursing home and wheeled her and some of the other people out gave apples so they could feed the horses and see the horse. See, that's, uh, that's above and beyond, but that's also kind of rural Minnesota. Like you know, it is, it is, it is, but that's why I feel good about that. But now my dad's another, he won't move off the farm. He wouldn't move in with her. Okay, So your dad won't move off the farm because he's stubborn or because financially he can't afford to move off both. And then even if they had the financial means, he would want to stay there. Do you have any siblings? I do not. Then you, so it comes down to, could you move? So how could a a multi-generational family happen for you? Could, could that happen? You'd have to move back to them. You're saying. Yeah. Or convince my dad, Hey, you can't do it. Move up here. And then you and I can go visit mom once in a while. Uh, we've talked about that too. Um, I mean, by we, Sarah and I, my dad right. won't have that conversation. It's just, it's like talking to a a brick wall. And, uh, and again, I don't know what he would do up here. He would get so bored because he's still good enough to get out and he likes working on his tractors, but it's really dangerous because there's nobody else out on the farm now. So we're in a rock and a hard place. Plus there's financial aspects of it. So, but I'm not, I'm not complaining because this is part of life and a lot of people find themselves like your stats show, right? A lot of our, I bet our listeners are out there, right? Oh, that's nothing. I, I can hear our listeners thoughts saying, Oh man, here's what I'm dealing with. Well, so, and, and that's it. Like everyone's got a crazy family scenario. Yes. Um, yep. And it comes and down boy, to boy, when you're talking about my situation, cra- the words crazy and family, those go just that's perfect. You couldn't find two better. <laughs> so that's words. your default. Crazy that's your starting family. baseline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in reality, it comes down to money or time. And in your shoes, you know, yeah. the multi generational family in one household isn't going to actually work. Plus, we don't have a distance. very big house. Right. My wife um, and but I. But if you I, did, you know, you'd have to really set some boundaries too. So in, yeah. in your. In your case, um, you could see the financial relevance or the, the the benefit to your dad moving in with you. Oh, yeah. Right. Definitely. It would eliminate a lot of the financial problems, but yes. it would create a whole new set of problems for you guys. Um, yeah. It wasn't feasible in your household. Now, think about this, Tony. You have a house where you have trained staff, basically. Your family members, your wife, yeah. your kids, yeah. they actually have training licensure yes. in yes. taking care of other people elderly people you couldn't, in fact you couldn't see that happening for your mother not only because of her disposition her extra needs but mm-hmm. also you know it's not what she wanted right no. and maybe she didn't want to be a burden on you maybe she didn't want to change yeah. my mom really doesn't want to burden us and so we have to force ourselves my mom and dad to let us help them and what's best for them. But, you know, Allison, you know, has said, well, maybe I could, and Anna, maybe I'll, I'll spend the summer or my J term down there. Right. Like Allison has tried to figure out ways that she could go down and help and, or have him come up here. And, but she's on her own career path and my parents don't want to derail that. I mean, what one of the four of a, one of the four of us, I mean, I don't count Anna because she's still in high school and has a job and things, but and one of the five of us, there are five in my immediately family. One of us would have to sacrifice our career path exactly. to, do, to, to do it. And we're in that situation. And financially that would be worse 
in in a lot of areas, especially nowadays with with rising prices and costs. I mean, I don't want to derail any of my kids' careers or jobs for or education for this. I mean, I care. I love my parents dearly. I'm very close to my parents, but I just it's hard. And and this is the lesson. This is the lesson from it because there's no you didn't get your situation's not resolved. It's to be determined. No, yeah, your dad's situation is still in flux. Your mom seems to be stable. Your grandfather is now stable. Um, still alive at 101, right? Still alive, yeah. Um, but your dad's going to be the one in flux. And the concern I have for you is that your dad's needs, and not malicious, just right. You know, it's just reality because he's being he's being pulled because your mom is is outside yep. the household now. So there's yep. a financial burden he wasn't expecting, right? Right. If he comes to you and your kids or whomever, there's going to be a financial drain. And that would be off of your retirement savings. Not yes. necessarily you're going to have to drain your retirement to, to fund it, but you may not be able to add as much as you want to your retirement because you're spending time and money yep. to help him. So, Or if we have to sacrifice a job, then we'd have to start living off that money sooner probably. Right, so. right. If you had to retire early or something like that. So yeah. the tip is if you're going to bring in someone into your household or help out a family member, going into their household, creating a multi-generational household. If it's not natural, if it's not cultural, if it's something like unexpected, like in our case, right? Um, if it's always been that way, then you know, this conversation's like, what, are you guys crazy? Of course I live with my mom and dad. Like, this right. is what we do, right? Mm-hmm. But for us, most Americans, it's no, we separate things. If you're going to go back in a situation where you're combining an adult child coming back to you or a needy aging parent, you have to set the limits, boundaries. You have to structure it and ex- and have expectations. We're going to do this for so many years, or we're going to do this until you pass away, or we're going to do this and see if we can do it and then maybe move to assisted living, or we're going to do this until we can figure out a place for you to go. Right. You have to have a timeline because if you just say, all right, let's just try this out and see what happens. Mm-hmm. That's where I see most of my clients run into trouble. Yeah. If, if my niece came in and we just said, all right, come stay with us and we'll figure it out and didn't come up with a plan and a timeline and said, this is your progression, then there may not have been a resolution and we'd still be sitting here saying, well, now what? Yeah. Right. So if your dad ever gets to the point where he can't stay there by himself and you need to uh, either go there or he's got to go someplace else, you need, and and I don't know what the answer is, right? You Mm -hmm. don't either yet. But once you do, you have to say, this is exactly the timeline because otherwise, You, you know. got to lay it out. Yeah. Lay it out. And, and plan it. And uh, look at your overall financial picture and talk to your financial services professional, your financial advisor about it. Or if you don't have one, a financial advisor. I'm not going to name names, Dan Wendell, but I know a good one. <laughs> we are in what? September of 2022. You know when the best time to plan for this scenario with your dad was? <laughs> Probably <laughs> September of 2012. <laughs> 10 years ago, right? <laughs> at least 10 years ago. Yeah. Right. So yep. in, in all seriousness, oh, yeah. that's the time to do it. But these multi-generational families to conclude, they, they could be a financial burden, right? But, or they could be a boon. Yeah. Right? It could it really save the family some significant money by keeping the sharing the financial burden amongst more people, yeah. but to avoid anxiety and, and, and problems, structure it. 
structure yeah. it so that everyone knows what's going on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Good show today, Dan, and a great topic. It's important because so many people deal with this, but I would have uh, let you go try to talk to my dad about this uh, 10 years ago. <laughs> Seriously. Just let me know how that w- would go for you. I've been asked to talk to aging parents about. And actually it would have been better had we had you talk to them because part of the problem is I'll just, I know we're trying to wrap up the show, but like my mom staying here or us offering even to Allison to come down, she doesn't feel comfortable. I don't know if it's pride or having family loved ones do it. She'd rather have a professional nurse. It's hard for her to view her son and her grandkids as caretakers. Same with my dad. It's a pride thing. Very common. So you have that conversation early and say, that's not free. So what are we going to do about it? Let's plan for it. Yeah. And, you know, planning always makes things easier. Um, not because it's just, oh, now we know it's going to cost us 500000 which we don't have. But at yeah. least you know what you don't know. And it elim- eliminates anxiety. And that sure. makes things easier. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to make it financially easier but at least maybe eliminate some of the unknown anxiety and stress. So yeah, Tony, thanks for sharing your scenario. I I, sorry, I kind of put you on the spot I know it's getting personal, but I think the listeners appreciate hearing the real life scenario and yeah. And we're going to say there is no conclusion to this, but we're going to keep an eye on it and maybe give some tips as we go along. What you do with your dad. So thanks for a good show. We'll catch you next time. The topics on this show are wide ranging yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundo or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Delphine Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.